Okay, I am here. Lock Sorry, I was having radio. I am having... Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the Internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello, everyone. It's Tim and Julie Harris. We are back, and this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. We're starting a little bit uh, slowly today because, frankly, Julie and I had coaching calls leading up to this uh, radio show, and we're both running a couple minutes late. So I apologize for all of you live listeners and for those of you who are listening, which is a bulk of you, in replay on iTunes and whatnot. Well, then you have you can ignore the previous message. So, Julie, I am very interested in getting to the bulk of the material, the content that we're ready to present to today's listeners, because it is really a topic that every single agent, it seems like, that we're speaking to lately really needs to have at their fingertips. And what's the topic of today's radio show, Julie? Lack of inventory, how to find inventory, how to create your own inventory where it seems like there isn't anything to sell. That's right. So that's it. I mean, we've been doing calls for agents across the country, even in markets where, frankly, there should be a lot of inventory, and sure enough, it seems like there's not a lot of inventory. So we're going to be getting to that section of today's radio show in the second half of uh, today's hour. And in the meantime, remember, you guys can call in or email in questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. And the phone number for you to call in if you'd like to participate in today's show is 347-857-1195. And I'd also like to make a special announcement, something that I'm very excited about. And, Julie, I have not told you this yet. Um, as of as of today, ready for it? Having, mm-hmm. having, after having done this show only, what would this be, our eighth or ninth day? We've already had 2,000 unique listens. How about that? Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. So realistically, by the end of this month, we'll have maybe uh, closing in on 10,000 unique listens. So our goal, obviously, is to get the word out to as many agents as possible that, you know, truly this is the best market or the start of what will be the best, I would say, decade in real estate and probably all of our lifetimes. So for those of you who have become loyal listeners, welcome. Make sure you participate. And also make sure if any of you, especially our existing coaching students or if those of you who are ready to become coaching students, if you need a free coaching call, remember you can always go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And uh, then you might even be able to schedule a free coaching call with Julie or myself or certainly one of our other coaches. So, Julie, I hadn't had an opportunity to chat with you today about any of your coaching calls because I know you've been very busy today. Share with the mm-hmm. listeners uh, an experience that you had on your uh, coaching calls today and uh, you know, share with them how it might, like basically something that really sticks out in your mind. I think you had, what, eight or ten calls today. Something that right. really sticks out in your mind as being uh, extraordinary that would benefit our listeners. Well, I've got to tell you, the thing that stands out to me is our coaching clients who have embraced the very topic that we're talking about today, which is thinking out of the box, being creative, and finding inventory, where all the agents around them, all they're doing is singing the blues, talking about, well, I've got all these great buyers, but there's just nothing to sell them. There's just nothing to sell them. So this is exactly why we're doing today's topic, 16 Ways to Create Your Own Inventory, right? Because the students that I talk to today, 
you know, they're finding stuff that's not in the MLS, and that's why they all have lots of pending transactions. And they're all, I mean, I can't say all, I would say 90% of the coaching clients I talked to today are on track for their first quarter goals. Why? Because they have thought out of the box, they've been creative. In many cases, they've had to be a little bit out of their comfort zone to find properties that meet the needs of their well-qualified buyers. So the agents who are embracing this, they're all, I mean, a fair amount of them are actually ahead of the game based on where they thought they would be already this time of year because they've found things that they didn't have to compete with. And, you know, I think for some agents, Tim, they have to just get so sick and tired of being beat out on multiple offers and so tired of looking in the MLS and seeing everything in contract that that's when they get serious about this. Well, you know, I absolutely agree with everything you said, obviously, and I'll tell you something I'm definitely feeling, and Rochelle, I know you're on the air, as you will be on uh, every show with us, and I know we also have a caller who are going to, uh, Jennifer, I believe, who we're going to allow on the air here in a second, but I am seeing what is looking to me like a, uh, what's going to be an enormous spring market. Um, you know, Julie, you were actually telling me yesterday that you have a lot of your in Atlanta and on the East Coast, and you were really in the Midwest, a lot of people who are experiencing this really, let's just call it what it is at this point, annoyingly long winter, who are having their sellers say, well, listen, I'm going to wait till the spring, I'm going to wait till the spring. So there is going to be such an epic inventory pop and obviously an increase in buyer activity. I would guess probably, well, maybe at the end of this month, it could be as late as the middle of next mm-hmm. month, but there is going to be a surge. Rochelle, are you seeing anything like that? People talk about lack of inventory, but knowing that they have listings that are coming up in like a month? Oh, absolutely. Even from my friends, which pretty much every friend I have is a, is a real estate agent, and yes, I'm hearing that from all of them. Yeah, it's going to be – I hope all of you who are listening are getting ready for it. I hope all of you who are listening are preparing your buyers. All of you who are listening – well, you know, here's a fun thought – so if you have sellers right now, and I want all of you to think about this, you have sellers that are saying, well, I'm just going to list to the spring. You need to be telling these sellers that, well, guess what? So are thousands of other people. They're thinking the exact same thing. And does it make sense, listeners? Does it make sense, uh, coaching clients, that they would want to put their house for sale now versus in the spring when there's less competition? I mean, think about that. And by the way, those of you who are active listing agents and you're going on appointments, I know you're hearing the ejection. We're going to wait another month because of the weather. I want you to make sure you're being very clear with your sellers. Use a version of that script, Mr. Seller. I'm sure you'll agree. It probably makes sense that we put the house for sale now when there's less competition so you can sell the house for a higher sale price before all the other, you know, all the other listings hit the market. Mr. Seller, this is our opportunity to really seize the market because there are lots of buyers looking but not a lot of houses available. If we wait even another 30 days, the inventory situation is going to totally change. So let's get the house listed now. Now, a mental note, you want to be getting those listing contracts signed now, even if, worst-case scenario, you still can't get them to list until, say, March or April. Get the listing contract signed now because the longer you leave a motivated seller out there swinging in the wind, you know, thinking that they're going to be your listing, the longer you allow that to happen, the more and the higher probability you have of losing that listing to a competitor. Don't think that you're the only agent that knows about that house going for sale. You're not. You're one of maybe hundreds of other agents 
that will really put the fear of God in you. But at least consider the yeah. fact that as long as there's a motivated seller out there, you have to get the contract signed. So, Rochelle, do you want to go right to Jennifer, or do you have a story you'd like to share, or is Jennifer going to tell your story for um, you? Jennifer is my story. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Um, well, yes, so I, uh-huh. let, me, let me unmute her. Hold on a second. Um, so why don't you go ahead and get started while I uh, unmute her. I had the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer today. Um, she requested a, a uh, coaching call to, on working with buyers, and she asked me if we were going to be mean to her today, and I said, absolutely, of course. <laughs> so she's excited to um, hear all of our input. I, I gave her a lot of information of what we did when I was a buyer agent, and just good tidbits and she needs some help. So I said, you need to come on this uh, call and let us all talk to you. So she was so Je- more than happy Jennifer, to do so. Jennifer, are you there? Oh, yes. So, <laughs> I'm so being Jennifer, an active listener. You, yes, that's good. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm curious, <laughs> why, did you, did, why did you assume we'd be mean to you? Oh, I was, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting to... Um, I had the expectation to hear something wrong, that I, something I was doing was wrong because I've not, I've been very frustrated for about a month and a half. So, you know, I was just, I just didn't know what it was. So I, I was almost expecting to hear something like you need to do something different because well, I knew I, I had to do que- something different. <laughs> Jennifer, can I ask you a couple questions? Sure. Okay. How long have you been in real estate? Um. Off and on for five years. I've had two kids in that time frame, so I had to take a break. <laughs> okay, well, Julie and I just had our first, so I have, and, and we're in our early 40s, so believe me, I have lots of sympathy for you. And Rochelle's got a little girl, too, so we, so we know where you're coming from. So, um, okay, so congratulations for having two kids. I'm sure you're a great mom, uh, and I appreciate the fact your priorities have been uh, challenged and spread out to different things, and certainly makes sense. So, um You've been selling in five years, for the past, on and off for the past five years. So how many houses have you sold in the past 12 months? Uh, I have sold seven. Okay, that's good. Nice job. Um, were they mostly buyers or sellers, or was it a combination of both buyers and sellers? It was mostly buyers. I only had two sellers. Okay. Where did those listings come from? Where did those sellers come from? They were my personal um, contact list. Okay, excellent. Um, next question. You, before telling me your question, what do you think the answer to your question is before you even ask it? Uh, I, I, I have a problem with follow-up, so I knew that that was probably going to be something that Rochelle would have addressed with me. Um, but instead of just saying you need to be better at follow-up, I wanted to hear how to be better at follow-up. So it, she okay. definitely helped out with suggestions. What are you doing for follow-up? What were you doing for follow-up prior to speaking with Rochelle? What was your follow-up plan prior to speaking with Coach Rochelle? Uh, my biggest uh, drawback with that was the time frame in which I allowed the follow-up to happen. I was letting time lapse about a week to week and a half, sometimes two weeks out before I would get to swinging the tree back around and getting into it. So by that time, I think I was losing the people's interest and um, – I didn't know what to say to engage them again. So the biggest thing was, here's what you need to do. It's, your time frame needs to be within 48 hours, and here's what you say, and here's how you say it. Um, it was very helpful. 
Okay, I like that. So why were you, I'm just curious, before when your lead follow-up was just sort of, you know, here and there and it wasn't specific, was there a reason you were doing lead follow-up like that? Do you remember what your thinking was behind your previous sort of guidelines for lead follow-up? I'm curious why you were why you were doing it the way you were doing it. Why it was sporadic? It was sporadic due to just family circumstance. It was okay. a lack of, of dedication and interest due to just family circumstance. But, you know, we've rounded some stuff out, and I've gotten things taken away with children and life, so um, I needed to get better answers and be more diligent and just have somebody give me some more feedback. Okay. Well, listen, having sold uh, seven houses in the last 12 months with, you know, two kids and balancing other things, like you said, you've done a good job. And I'm sure that with a little direction, you could do some pretty extraordinary things. Julie, what are you thinking? I was muted for a second while I was listening. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the, the way of the real estate professional. You do have to balance family and life. And, and I think that when you have things going on in your life, you have this tendency to try and say, all right, well, because I have this going on, I can't do that. And I think that sometimes we don't do what we call relentless lead follow-up with intent to set appointment, which is different than just, like, calling my leads. Right. Sometimes, you know, we don't do that because mm-hmm. we almost have a fear of success of closing on those appointments because if you had all those appointments, how are you going to handle all that? Yes, you bring up a very interesting – that is – I – that is an interesting mindset that I've had the last couple of days with setting these appointments and, and figuring out a way to make sure that those things happen. Right. So, you know, it makes sense, and this is normal. I don't want you to feel like, you know, you're doing anything particularly wrong or unusual. But I find that if you can kind of create a nice problem to have, now I've got all these appointments, what am I going to do? And realize that, you know, you probably have a lot of realtor friends, so if you were to get overwhelmed, maybe you partner on some things because the the thing is that no matter what else is going on in your life, I'm pretty sure you're going to need income. Yes. <laughs> right? So That's nice, yes. Yeah, so if we can keep focused on that and not live in fear of our own success of closing those appointments and realize, you know, there's a, a book that's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, and it talks about how all fear stems from the fear of not being able to handle something. So if you can kind of put that aside and say, well, yeah, of course I can handle it. Here's my backup plan if something happens. And then embrace all of that opportunity and decide what to do with it later. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, so because I've found that a lot of things in life, I mean, it's just a fact, do improve with better income. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a pretty good stated fact. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, so that's what I say. You know, if you were one of my private coaching clients, I would say, well, you know, I appreciate where you're coming from, and it is a balance. But let's lead with income and then deal with it. I'm not saying take family time away. That's obviously very critical and important and the most important thing. But, you know, there are ways to manage your time so that you still – maybe all you do is, you know, you set a bunch of appointments and you've got three referral fees coming in which is more than you would have had if you decided not to be hardcore about your lead follow-up in the first place, and those leads worked with somebody else altogether. Right. What is the verbiage that you would say to um, those clients should something happen and you need to have some other person address their their needs? How do you say that to them in a way that's professional and doesn't make it seem like you're giving them over to somebody they don't know? 
Tim, do you want to handle that? Well, or I mean, when, when, I mean, Rochelle used to run our buyer agent staff, and we used to have seven. We used to have seven buyer agents, and it was very normal for somebody to call in and expect to work with Julia or myself. And what we do is we'd simply say, well, you know, you're right. I mean, Jennifer, what you just brought up, you don't want the the buyer especially to feel like they're being handed off. So you're simply saying, you'll say something along the lines of, well, you know what, you're lucky because Rochelle, who's without a doubt one of the best agents in town, you know, in the community working with buyers looking for homes like you're looking for, she, I believe, has availability to take on a client. So I'll have to check with her, and if she is, you've lucked out. Um, and of course, Rochelle works as part of our team, and we work together. So even though you'll be working uh, day in and uh, day in and day out finding your right home with Rochelle, of course, she and I will be talking about your uh, individual transaction and you know brainstorming on what might make for a good fit for you. Somewhere along those lines. The main thing is, you know, you don't want them to feel handed off. You have to make them feel like they're, oh well, you know, I'm not getting you know Julie or Tim, but I'm getting Rochelle, and it turns out Rochelle's a lot nicer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's the way it works. So getting to it, though, what were your lead follow-up roles? What was the conclusion of your call with Coach Rochelle? Um, My my conclusion was that I should just send them an an introductory email, follow up within 20 to 48 hours, or 24 to 48 hours, excuse me, um, and just ask them basic questions. She said, you know, just ask them to send you some criteria that you can set them up in your MLS for daily search. and print off about uh, 20 or 30. Uh, she had emailed me some questionnaires that you can ask these questions to see what they're really looking for and how motivated they are, right. and and then a you can keep it with you. Yeah. Right, a pre-qualification um, script, but she sent you. Yeah. Yeah. And Good. and just be sure to have that that follow-up to always meet at the office. And then she did go over the um, idea of signing a buyer's agreement. I wasn't doing a buyer's agreement. And um, she did bring out a good point. I am just spinning my wheels. If I if I don't have a committed buyer, I'm just out there driving around. So um, if your time is valuable, you need to have a buyer's agreement. And here's how to say it. So she was right. very helpful. And Jennifer, make sure that there's rules specifically to working with buyers that you need to govern yourself by. I mean, the first one being that they can't have a house to sell. And if they do, it has to be listed with you if, if it's local. And if it's not listed with you because it's not local, then you need to make sure that it's listed, it is listed actively for sale with a competent agent. So you'll need to talk with that agent to make sure you're not dealing with someone you know, that's not realistic about selling what they've got, assuming they have to sell what they have in order to buy a house from you. Um, the, right. next criteria, the next criteria, there's really four rules really that you should follow. The next criteria is they have to be working with a lender that, frankly, you know and trust, and the only financing uh, subject to can be an appraisal. So the lender has to have – we talked about this on previous shows in great length, but the gist of it is the lender had to have actually ran their credit, done a three-merge credit report, done the verifications, and the lender's letter that you get, Jennifer, that you're going to present to any agents that you're presenting offers to on their listings, the only subject to on the lender's letter. It's like it'll say, like, you know, Julie Harris is approved for this amount and this terms and this interest rate and blah, blah, blah. And at the very end of the, you know, three-paragraph letter, it typically says subject to. So the only subject to at the bottom can be appraisal of subject property. It can't be verification of credit, employment, income, down payment, you know, because then that lender hasn't really done anything. There are no legal rams. There are no legal ramifications for a lender sending a lender's letter without actually having verified any of the buyer's ability to buy. So that's that's your second criteria. Third one, obviously, is 
that they have signed a buyer agency agreement with you. Um, you can do an easy exit on your buyer agency agreement, you know, just like we suggest you do on your listing. So if for some reason they're not 100% satisfied with you, that you release them from the buyer's agent agreement. What the buyer's agency agreement really does is just makes it so that really they're committed to you more than just saying it. They're putting their name on paper. And for the most part, that's going to be sufficient. And you can always relieve the stress valve a little bit if they're feeling pressured by saying, listen, if you're not happy with me, if I'm not doing a good job, you can fire me, no strings attached. Um, and the last one, and probably the most important one, is they have to have realistic expectations of what they're able to afford in the marketplace, which will require that you have had them to a lender who's actually done this job or her job. Um, and, you know, if they meet all four of those criteria, then you've got a good buyer. I would challenge you, without knowing you, Jennifer, I would challenge you to go through any buyers that you think are buyers and, and you know, run them through those four filters. And if they haven't been approved and all those other things, Get them to go through those processes, and I bet you you're going to find that if you have five buyers that you're working with, you might have one that's actually willing to do that extra work because, you know, other realtors will say, yeah, I'll drive you around for hours on end and show you every house on the face of the earth without knowing whether you can buy a house or not, you know, because <laughs> realtors are, you know, they're not professionals sometimes. They don't know what direction to give to those buyers. So, you know, just keep those four things in mind. It sounds like you're off to a great start. So thanks for calling in. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Okay, so Julie, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to get more into our uh, subject today, which is finding inventory when there is none to find. And I'm really excited about that because I personally think this is going to be a really exciting call because there are so many people that are telling us that right now they can't find any inventory. So we're going to take a quick break here. Julie and I are going to grab a cup of tea, and we'll see you in um, a couple seconds. Thanks. Is coaching right for you, and how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? 
at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. All right. So we are back. Um, now, this is going to be a very detailed call, so I want everyone to take notes. And again, if you want to call in and speak directly to Julie and I, you can do that at any time. You'll talk to our screener, and then you'll be put through to us, 347-857-1195. Of course, you can always email your questions to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. So, Julie, you and I have a lot of ground to cover, and we've got about a half hour to do it, so let's hit the ground running. So I don't think we need to tell them that there's a lack of inventory in the market. They know that there's a lack of inventory in the market. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of you are asking us how long is there – well, here's a fun fact. So I'm on the phone this morning with one of our coaches, Rodney Forbes, in Florida, and he said, Tim, in Florida, it is well, a well-known fact that half of all homeowners are still underwater. What the heck is happening? Why is it that we're having this lack of inventory at the same time there's still so many homes underwater? Well, here's the real answer. It's because there's games being played with the inventory, because there's games being played with the lenders, because there's all kinds of – strings being pulled at the highest levels to make it so that there's not a rush of these foreclosures happening because if housing starts to turn downward again, so will the economy. This recovery, this economic recovery, there's no question, it is tenuous, i.e. fragile. It's, it's, you know, basically it's like walking on ice. And if all of a sudden the economy takes too many steps and the ice happens to be thin, the whole lake is going to come caving in. There is the fact so is there a housing recovery going on? Yes. Is it highly manipulated? It absolutely is. The lack of an inventory is fake. Is the housing recovery real? Yes, it is. House prices are increasing. Market value, you know, housing markets are coming back. But in markets like Florida, markets like most of California, with the exception of the coast, markets like Arizona, the up the, I mean, what was it, Julie? There's a statistic. The hottest housing market in the in the world, one of the like top three is Manhattan. And you and I put an article on the blog, realestateinsidernews.com, uh, that showed that something like, what was it, 60% or some outrageous number of homeowners mm-hmm. in Manhattan are underwater on their properties. And yet, there's a right. lack of it inventory. It was an outrageous number. It's like yeah. practically every, if you live in Manhattan, probably everybody you know is either behind or has just decided, you know, not making that mortgage payment anymore. It's, yeah, it's I mean, crazy, so it, and yet there's it, lack of inventory, and yet cost per square foot there is just absolutely outrageous. Yeah, so will there be a big, huge sea change of inventory on the market this year? We don't think there will be because the the hands that have been controlling the economy, the hands that have been controlling the release of inventory, they're all the same. They, it just There's no question that the banks have been timing when to, A, do foreclosures, and, B, how soon to release those for sale. Uh, some of your markets, you have people that have not made their house payments in years at this point, and they still haven't received a foreclosure notice. So there's a lot of really interesting things that are happening. Now, I'm going to give, some, I'm going to give all of you listeners another advanced news story, and this one's huge, okay? Um, I am 
I don't feel comfortable telling you my source on this, so I'll just put it out there. But at the highest levels in the real estate world, I can assure you that the real estate, the Mortgage uh, Forgiveness Debt Relief Act of 07 will be extended. It's now being uh, take the challenge of well, not really challenge, but the uh, getting it extended is now going to be in the hands of the Senate. Congress was not able to get it, get it approved because of the usual things that are affecting Congress right now. So now the Senate is going to um, have the bill on their table. I believe it's there now, and I am assured that it's going to get passed and be made retroactive so that essentially anyone who's close as a short sale, really a foreclosure for that matter, will not have to incur additional expense or additional taxes. It hasn't, that extension has not been approved yet, but it will be. Um, I'm going to be releasing more information about this as it becomes available. Expect press releases and whatnot uh, to the, the effect of what I just told you from other news sources probably later today, if not into next week. But there's your advanced notification. You guys who have been with us a long time, you know that we are in direct contact with the decision makers in D.C. about these matters, and I'm giving you some inside information, but I cannot tell you my source. It will be evident when the press releases start coming out because who told me is the same uh, outfits that will be doing the press releases, put two and two together. So, Julie, currently, this huge lack of inventory. I'm a realtor out there. I want to get into action. I want to start making some money. I want to start helping some people, but I cannot find a house for sale. What do I do? <laughs> well, the first answer is that the wrong answer is to just wait until the inventory comes back in the spring. I'm just going to wait. There's nothing to sell. That's the fast track to being broke and losing your clients who expect you to figure it out. So we have to first eliminate that thought that we're supposed to wait around until the inventory shakes loose. I mean, how long have you guys been waiting? For some of you, it's been a year that you've been living through this inventory issue. So I wanted to put that to bed first. Next thing is I think we want to go through these points relatively quickly. Our coaching clients get the same material in great detail with an action plan, exactly what you're supposed to do to monetize this. But we want to at least expose our listeners to how to create that inventory. So can I jump right in? We do. And listen, we have 16 points. And like Julie said, we're going to have to go through this relatively quick. Um, our coaching students, you can get more detail on your next coaching call if you've not had this information given to you already. It's really critical that you pay attention. Again, do not fall prey. Do not fall victim. Do not believe for a second just because there's not homes in the MLS that there are not Literally, in your immediate market, yes, your market, hundreds of homes that are for sale, you just aren't looking in the right places. So go ahead, Jules. That's right. And in fact, I read a report about a week ago that more than 30% of sale of closings in the past 90 days have been pocket listings of some sort. In other words, not specifically in the MLS. So we've got to keep that in mind. Obviously, they are not just out there, but they are being sold. So number one is probably my personal favorite and that is new construction. Most new construction is never listed in the MLS. Some of you guys, if I say, is there new construction in your area, you're just going to say, no, there's no new construction. But check your thinking. Is that because you've never seen it in the MLS? Is that where your answer is coming from? Because if it is, you're wrong. How do you find new construction? You look in your local newspaper, all the builders advertise. You get out of your office, out of your house, out of your basement, hold up in the snow, and you go on a drive and you find it. How do you know where to go? Again, look in your local newspaper. You can get the BIA directory, etc. Why do we love new construction? Number one, if it's not in the MLS, you're probably not going to compete when you bring your buyer to buy that spec home or to build new. Number two, all of you guys hate dealing with inspections, don't you? 
Well, guess what? New construction almost never has any inspection issues. So all, you know, already we love it for two very important reasons. Not competing, you're not going to get out of bid, outbid, and you don't have any inspection issues. Number three, it's also a killer opportunity to connect with builders who you could list their properties for. So the important thing about today's call is we're taking the challenge of not having enough inventory to sell your highly motivated, qualified buyers, but we're using that as an excuse to also prospect for listings. To me, this is like the best excuse in the world to turn these guys into listing agents as well as find properties for their buyers. Let me embellish that point just for a second, really to drill down on what Julie just said so well. Um, so having a conversation with one of the number one agents in Texas, and this agent in particular is down in Houston. And what this guy does is he does exactly what Julie just said. He, he works – I'm not going to give too many particulars because I, you know, he would not want me sharing his information. As, and when you guys are our personal coaching clients, I certainly won't ever share your information either. You know, it's coaching client privilege kind of thing. But he works in the city, let's just say. And he works in these highly desirable areas where they're being, uh, you know, essentially the old homes are being torn down and they're putting in new homes or they're putting in multifamily homes, things like that. So really there's an epic demand for new construction in these particular cities. As the, and that's happening across the country. That's a huge housing trend. All of us should be aware of that. Anywhere you are in the country, even the Midwest, a lot of people are wanting to move back downtown. They're wanting to be able to walk outside their front door and go to the coffee shop and go to the, you know, sort of like the mini Manhattan type lifestyle. So this guy in Houston, what he does is he literally will target all – so all homes for sale in his particular market that have a 5,000-square-foot lot, all homes that aren't for sale in his particular market that have a 5,000-square-foot lot, they're all possible properties for him to buy, him to put into contract, and then he brings in a developer. They tear the house down. They then redevelop the land as multifamilies. So he is not waiting around for a seller to call him and say, come list my property, though he gets plenty of those. He's going out and creating his own inventory. Now, let's say you're not at that level. You tell me how you could still use the same idea. You could go find a property that's maybe perfect right now in your MOS for doing exactly what I just talked about. I remember the same thing was happening when Julie and I were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio. You had these big 1950s and 60s ranches with maybe an acre or three that were getting bought, and then they were putting these really beautiful, luxurious six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar patio homes, these cluster homes on these big parcels of land, and making a fortune. Well. If you were the agent who brought the builder and the developer that you know one to three to five acre property, not only would you obviously get the sale, but you'd then get the listings of all the properties that you, you know, that, that got developed and built on that property. Guys, think about this. It's called creating your own inventory. So, Julie, what's the second point? All right. So the second point is centers of influence and past clients. This is your own shadow inventory, your own pocket listings. So let's say that you have a buyer that you can't find anything in the MLS for. You've been frustrated. They've been frustrated. They look online. Everything's in contract. It seems like there's nothing there. Look at your own past client inventory. Which of your past clients' homes meet the criteria of your current, well-qualified, highly motivated buyers? Easy enough. All right, up. so we're going to take a, we're take a <laughs> yeah. quick break, and we'll be back for the other points. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, so Julie, we're back. I'm going to talk about this next point number three. This works extremely well for Julie and I. Um, and we ran these ads all the time, and it's, sometimes there were uh, letters, sometimes there were postcards. But here's the, con- here's the concept. You have three buyers that you're working with who want to buy a house. Those buyers have very specific criteria. I want you to literally put an ad together or a mailer together or a postcard together. It doesn't really matter how you communicate this, but you have to put it in the hands of homeowners. And I want you to direct mail it or, again, print, it, print the ad in the paper, etc., where you're saying, and this is it, and this is how we used to do it. We used to make we used to use a font that looked like one of those old western, you know, wanted dead or alive type things, something to make people laugh. We'd put a little frame around it and then we'd say wanted at the top and that would get everyone's attention to read it. These buyer these these home in in our particular case we had a lot of reload buyers, but these home buyers are looking to purchase a house sometime in the next 30 to 180 days. These are highly motivated pre-qualified buyers. That's it. And then we talk about each of the buyers. Buyer, you know, number one, family of four, relocating from Alabama. Uh, they're looking for a house that meets these criteria and this price change in this in this neighborhood. If you're th- if you think your home might be a match, or if you know someone else who's thinking about selling their home who might be a match, please call the number below. So we'd list each of the buyers, each of their criteria, and we'd run that ad. And we'd always run that ad, by the way, this time of year. And what we do is we get all the calls from the people who are thinking about putting their house for sale when in the spring. So they would call us. Now, guys, I'm going to give you a little advanced coaching here. A lot of times we get calls from sellers who had verbally committed to agents to list their houses in the spring, but those agents hadn't got the contract signed. So in other words, the agents were being, yeah, going back to our original point, Curious. the agents were... <laughs> The agents were being assumptive that they would get the listings. Well, even these sellers who they thought would be loyal to them, of course, weren't. They were loyal to their pocketbooks. And so those sellers would call us and say, I believe I have a match for your house. I was going to put it for sale in a month or so. But if your buyers are a match, you know, let's get together and see if we can work something out. And we would sell houses that way. And so can you. It's called creating your own inventory. It's very simple to do. Julie, what's the next point? Yes, and by the way, some of those people whose listings we took also had to buy something that they hadn't purchased yet, so there's a second transaction there. All right, perfect. So next is number four, Zillow Make Me Move. Now, some of you guys, as soon as I say Zillow, you shut your brain off because you don't like dealing with their pricing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about using a filter inside Zillow. This is free. That is the Make Me Move uh, widget. There's only about three steps to it. Basically, you go there, you enter your uh, zip code, you have a little pull-down filter, and these are people who have said, these are homeowners who have gone in there and said, I will move if I get this price. Now, even that, I don't really care. All I care is that this is somebody who's gone to Zillow, updated their criteria, and said, I want to move. In some cases, it actually has a uh, a little bar there that says, email homeowner. How much easier could this be, right? And again, this is free. Now, when you set this up, some of you are going to think that you have to set up an account and pay them. No. All you have to do is have a username and passcode, and you're good to go. 
That's right. And then again, as Julie said, you can email that seller directly, and then you can say, hey, Mr. Seller, I think I might have a buyer for your property. How serious are you? If, if you are serious about selling the house, I'd love to show the let's talk, and then I'll bring the buyers through. Again, they're there waiting for you. Zillow, make me move. These leads are free. Go take advantage of it. Oh, there's no market. In, there's no inventory in my market. Baloney. You're just not looking. You're expecting, like every other agent out there, for your inventory to magically show up somehow in the MOS. You have to go out there and do your job and be proactive because then you are actually representing those buyers. And as Julie said, a lot of the buyers are also going to have properties to sell. Create your own momentum, guys. So, Julie, there's something else that Zillow offers, point number five. Tell us about the pre-foreclosure, something else that we really love. That's right. This is public record reported pre-foreclosures, i.e. should be a short sale. Many of them not on the market. So what's happening to these people? Maybe they're pursuing a loan mod. They've missed payments. You and I both know they should be a short sale, but nobody is talking to them yet. Now, on both of these widgets with Zillow, you do need to look up the property address and just make sure that it's not already listed, but that doesn't happen that frequently. You just need to be careful about that. So let's say I put in a zip code that I've got a buyer looking in. I'm going to see maybe there's 28 properties that are in pre-foreclosure. Zillow actually maps them out for me and gives me the exact address. Should I then cherry-pick those based on the criteria for my buyer, send a letter, a wanted postcard, door-knock them, bring them your pre-listing packet. The beautiful thing about all of these things, Tim, is if I'm looking for a buyer, I can only sell them one property, right? So I'm going to find a whole lot of listing leads in the process. I'm not just doing this for buyers. I'm also taking care of my need to be a killer listing agent, aren't I? Well, you know, here's the other thing, Jules. We use this all the time when people will send us emails, oh, Julie, there are just no short sales in my market. Uh, everything mm-hmm. has equity in my market. And then we go, okay, really? Well, let's go do these. Go to Zillow, make me move. There's a lot of other places you can get this information, but Zillow is making it the easiest. It's you free. Know, to pay for it. Well, I'm sorry, the make me move and the pre-foreclosures thing, those are both filters, and it's free. So go and look at the pre-foreclosures. Then, you know, put in your criteria, you know, your area code, and then you're going to have to put it, or your zip code, and then you're going to have to put in, you know, the filters, remove all the filters except pre-foreclosure. And then a lot of you are going to be stunned. I mean, Julie, you've told me stories where people just have it in their heads that there's no underwater owners left in the market, and then you do this, and you say, well, what is your address, 123 Elm Street? Well, did you know three of your neighbors within three seconds of your front door are all underwater and haven't made their payments in six months? I mean, that's a normal call, right? It is a normal call, and what, what the, I translate with my coaching brain is for most of them, I mean, there's a few pockets where they might be right, but 99% of them, what they really mean is I haven't got any short sale leads that I know of, okay, but it yeah. doesn't, that's not the same as not having any short sales in your marketplace. For some of them, I did a search once uh, for, I believe, someplace in downtown L.A., and we used the particular street, and it was literally practically every single address on that street. And this was not particularly inexpensive either. You could have rolled out of bed and gone door knocking and taken listings that day on that street. Well, exactly. And yet that agent, I'm sure, had it in their mind that there was no pre-foreclosures right. and everything was as right as rain exactly. and everyone was making their house payment. If you guys really exactly. want to know the truth about what's going on in your house, housing market, which all of you should know for the sake of servicing your seller, why don't you all, as your homework from today's call, do exactly what Julie's asking you. Now, if you're in Texas, if you're in Austin, guess what? You're not going to find a lot because pretty much Austin and lots of tech, lots of, Houston's different. 
Certainly parts of Dallas are different, but if you're in Austin, where we live, you're not going to find a lot of underwater owners or people that are missing their house payments because that's a really strong house market, housing market. Other parts of the country, the same thing, but I'm here to tell you, for a vast majority of you, what we're telling you is what you're going to experience that almost, you know, you're going to be stunned and amazed by the number of people that are underwater in their houses that have been missing payments. And the next question you're going to ask is, Tim and Julie, why the heck aren't those houses for sale? Replay today's call. Listen to what we talked about at the top of the call. We've already covered that. So, Julie, moving down to point number six. Point number six, also one of my all-time favorites, expired listings. So do your normal property search. You've got that well-qualified, highly motivated buyer. Let's say they're spending $250,000, three-bedroom, two-bath. Normally, you'd look up active listings in a certain zip code. You're going to do everything I just mentioned, except instead of clicking active in your MLS, you're going to click on expired, withdrawn, temporarily off the market, and on hold. These are people who, for sure, and very obviously, were at least trying to sell their home and were willing to list another batch of shadow inventory. This is an easy call. You call them up, you ask them, you know, you, you basically state, I noticed that you were selling your home about 18 months ago and that it expired in our computer here. It's no longer being marketed. Gosh, what happened? Do you still have to sell your home? Let me tell you why I ask. I have a well-qualified, highly motivated buyer looking in your exact neighborhood who can't find anything. Do you still have to sell? And then magically, what are you going to discover? Yes, I do have to sell. Yes, I would like to sell the property. Or they're going to say things like, I'm working on a loan mod, and then you can decide you know, whether or not you want to pursue that lead or not, depending on if they're actually working with a loan mod. A lot of people think they're working with a loan mod, even though the lender is no way going to approve their loan mod because they've missed too many payments. Guys, these are all the types of things that you're going to learn as a coaching student, but for the sake of today's radio show, we have more points to cover. Julie, point number seven. Point number seven, also an all-time favorite for sale by owners, also lovingly known as FISBOs. FISBO.com is one obvious source. They advertise in the paper, Craigslist, etc. So for sale by owners are crying for help with their help wanted sign in their front yard. They're saying, I have a house to sell. And yet how many of you guys haven't been looking for for sale by owners or have declared, oh, there aren't any FISBOs in my area? What does that mean, that there's not one on your street and you don't see it in the MLS? How hard are you actually looking, and how many do you actually need to have exist to make a sale? One, right? So for sale by owners. Now, here's the thing. All of you guys like to whine and complain about not being able to find phone numbers. For sale by owners are handing that to you. How many have you called today? Nothing more to say there, is there? So next point, no. please. <laughs> Sorry to be direct, but no, hey. No, no. no embellishing. <laughs> hey, I like it when you're direct. Point number eight. Okay, point number eight, professional networking. So lots of listing agents are controlling the market with their pocket listings. Again, a recent report said that more than 30% of recent closings were pocket listings. So professional networking with both other agents and groups like BNI, uh, Chamber of Commerce, et cetera, where you're not being a secret agent, you're talking about real estate all the time, you're often going to hear from those associates through your networking, yeah, you know what, I would sell my house for whatever price, can you find me something? See, this creates a whole other issue, which is exactly why you've got to do numbers one through seven to find them something. See, this list today is not just pick and choose and do one thing. When you do all of it, you're going to get all of your deals done and create new listing inventory. And the beautiful thing about listing inventory, Tim, I mean, in this market, who wins faster, the buyer's agents or the listing agents? 
Well, I mean, exactly. And the, you know, I'm thinking about all those agents out there who work with these buyers who are so frustrated because they can't find inventory because why? The listing agents are doing a lot of double ending. The listing agents have gotten killer because a lot of services yeah. like one coming soon. Yeah. Signs. Yeah. What? Right. Oh no, there can't be any pocket listings. That's somehow un- unethical. Mm-hmm. Not the best thing for the seller. Uh huh. Okay. Go and again, if you want to learn how to double end your listings, we talked about that. I believe we talked about that last Monday on our previous radio show. Make sure you go to one eight hundred home hotline dot com, one eight hundred home hotline dot com to learn probably what I believe to be the best, most powerful tool for double ending your listings ever. But you got to have listings first. So that's what we're here to teach you how to do. So Jules, we talked about uh, professional networking. It's point number eight, or actually, point number eight is uh, professional networking, right? That's right. And so point number nine is professional listing referral websites like agentmachine.com, which is a 25% referral fee deal, and Dave Ramsey leads. A lot of our coaching clients are involved with Dave Ramsey. These are great listing leads. Generally speaking, those leads have equity and are not short sales. Yes, you have to compete for those. Yes, you have to do a 25% referral fee, but so what? They're great listings. So there are several that we teach in our coaching that you can absolutely get success with professional listing referral sites. These are not monthly fees. These are 25% referral fees. In other words, you only pay when you close. Point number, uh, uh, let's see, what's the next point, Jules? <laughs> for let, for rent by owners, point number 10, right? Yes. Yes. Point so number for 10. rent by owners, all, yeah, point number 10 is for rent by owners. Also really great. Why? Because they're handing you their phone number. They're easy to find. So this is also a very cut and dry business call. I noticed that you have a home for rent over on 123 Elm Street. I'm curious, have you considered selling it instead of trying to continually rent it? Let me tell you why I ask. I have someone looking exactly in that neighborhood for that type of home. Have you considered selling it? It takes you maybe a five-minute call. They either do or they don't. If they're considering it, remember, I'm asking, would you consider? Then you go do your CMA, you meet with them, and you see if it's appropriate. That's it. And here's a little, you know, you guys all know this. How many of the landlords, and this is a surefire way to find out if they're a reluctant landlord, what we call them, people basically got stuck with properties after the boom that didn't want to be a landlord, ask them in conversation how many other properties they have. If they say they have less than, say, three or five, something like that, chances are they're a reluctant landlord. If they say one, you can pretty much be guaranteed that that property was something they tried to sell before. Do some homework. Go to the MLS. Find out if it's been listed for sale actively, and chances are you'll find out that it was an expired from maybe two or three years ago, and they've been renting it ever since because they didn't realize that maybe now they have the ability to sell it because they have equity again or some resemblance of equity again. Again, if all you're expected, if all you you think you have to do is go to the MLS and find inventory, you are going to starve. So we have so far given you now what will be 11 points on how to go creating uh, create your own inventory. And Julie, we are on point number 11, correct? Or yes, correct. correct. Yep. Point number 11, REO listing agents. Why? Because REO listing agents tend to know what they will be listing sometimes months in advance as that property travels through the pre-marketing process. So again, this is kind of a shadow inventory type of thing. Some of those REO agents are already double dipping those properties, it's true, but not all of them. So you should be friends with the most prominent REO agents, which incidentally are probably our coaching clients who have been told to call you back and to co-op with you and get those properties sold. <laughs> but okay, they've also so been told REO to try agents. 
but they've also been told to double in as many of their listings as possible. So don't be surprised if, you know, you're seeing a lot of REO agents in your marketplace doing just that because that is their prerogative. And when you're a listing agent, that will be your prerogative too. By the way, if you are ready to become an REO listing agent wanting to learn how to make money from REOs and BPOs, go to agentreosecrets.com, agentreosecrets.com. Next point, Julie, point number 12. 12. Point number 12, investors work with investors and run ads that say we pay cash for homes. These sorts of ads generate very motivated seller leads. Oftentimes, the types of sellers that respond actually have equity. They just simply want a fast sale. So work with your investor clients. A lot of you guys like to bash investors because you can't find them anything and they feel like they're not loyal. Well, embrace the best thing about investors, which is they're motivated, they have cash, and they act quickly. So take the good part of the investor relationship and create some inventory with them. So number, what are we on? Number 13. We'll get to it in a second. Let's take a quick break. Okay. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain, 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. Okay, Julie, we are back, and what's the next point? All right, so the next point, and again, we're going through these quickly. Number 13 is move up buyers who have homes to sell. So you can run ads for move up types of listings, types of homes that first-time buyers love to move to. Then you list their home and move them up. Next point, number 14, use call capture technology like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. That stands for itself. If you haven't been to that website yet, you need to do it today. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, especially those of you who have more than a few listings, if you're not using 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE, you are definitely making less money than you should. So call capture technology so you can sell your own listings and capture more listing leads. Number 15, BPOs, broker price opinions are a gold mine. Ask the owners why you're doing the BPO or look at your BPO instructions. Oftentimes it tells you, chances are they're thinking about doing a short sale and or the bank has turned them down on a loan mod. Why does a BPO get ordered? Because the house is eventually going to sell at some level for some reason. And then number 16, property tax reassessments. We mentioned this a little bit before. You can offer CMAs. You can you know, offer to help them fight their tax bill. If they're thinking about fighting their tax bill, I can guarantee you they're also thinking of getting rid of the house. Made it to yeah. number 16 with a minute left. <laughs> okay, good. So paying attention, we blazed through a lot of points today. But really the bottom line is, guess what? You cannot be sitting around and resting on your <coughs> laurels waiting for it to come to you. You have to go get it in this marketplace. 
this marketplace, going into the spring market especially and through the summer, trust me when I tell you, is going to be the most competitive, fiercest real estate market that any of us have ever sold in. Any of you seasoned professionals, grizzled veterans who are sitting around saying it's going to come to me, trust me when I tell you this year, it will not come to you. Why won't it come to you? Because of the fact that there's going to be more competition and there's more ways for your competition to be reaching your clients. Those past clients, those centers of influence, you're not just their only realtor friend. You're not just the only realtor that's got them in their past client center of influence database. In other words, there are 10 realtors sending them forget-me-not seeds in April. There are 15 realtors sending them pumpkin pies in October. You are not unique. If you want to be unique, you have to rise above the crowd in more profound ways than you ever have before. Otherwise, again, the market will pass you by. My prediction, please pay attention, is that there is going to be a relatively quick rise to opportunity this year. It's going to dissipate faster than it has in the past. Your opportunity to list started about November of last year. It's going to be really strong, probably for another 30 to 60 days, maybe 90 days. Then after that, sellers will have more or less chosen who they're going to work with for the rest of the year. So you have got to stay focused now. You've got to drill down on listing opportunities. Listen again to today's radio show. Go back and listen to all of our previous radio shows. Guys, come on. Be motivated. Be excited about this industry. Be excited about the opportunities that are in front of you. You are in, without a doubt, one of the most, frankly, fantastic real estate markets that any of us will experience in our lifetimes. You're going to hear me say this a million times because you need to get it clear in your head. We are at the very beginning stages of what will be a 7- to 10-year real estate recovery. And I feel like it's going to be something, and you're already experiencing this, there's going to be such a powerful bounce back that those of you who are paying attention are going to really, frankly, be able to make not just money for yourself and your immediate families, but even legacy, found, legacy money, money for you and your generations that will follow. Be excited about that. Be opportunistic about that. So, Julie, I want to thank you for being on today's show, and I know you've got to run to another coaching call. Yep. And we'll talk with all of you guys tomorrow. See you then. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.